We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Pod. Nick Whalen, Alex Barutha here with you on Monday afternoon, as we are every week. Uh, Alex, big weekend to recap. We got some waiver wire claims to discuss, some players that we added, dropped, attempted to add, weren't able to add. Uh, we'll recap the in-season tournament. Uh, fun conclusion to that on Saturday. And then look ahead now to what should be a fairly normal rest of the NBA regular season. We won't have... Confusion over which games count, which games don't. Uh, the in-season tournament is now behind us. Uh, but let's start with that. I mean, how much were you able to watch? I know both you and I were a little under the weather last week. So, you know, as a byproduct of that, I spent significant time on the couch uh, watching a lot of basketball, a lot of football. Took in the Wisconsin Badgers women's volleyball Elite Eight win on Saturday. Uh, but, you know, Lakers winning the in-season tournament, outlasting the Indiana Pacers. Obviously, we had... Indiana knocking off Milwaukee. We'll talk about all that, but let's just do kind of a, a general, you know, now that the in-season tournament is behind us, we, we've tried to check in on this weekly just to kind of see what the vibe is. I think this is going to go down as on balance, a smashing success for the NBA, at least relative to my expectations. Yeah, I think, I think overall it is, it is a success. I was able to watch the bull or excuse me, the Bucks Pacers game live. Uh, I caught the actual finals game. Uh, between the the Lakers and the Pacers after the fact, um, and like you know that that two p.m. crowd in Vegas for Bucks Pacers was pretty <laughs> sad. You know it ended up saying I think they ended up saying fifteen thousand people were there. I, I don't think there were fifteen thousand people there, and you know they dimmed the lights all around the. Yeah, look, I, I I still think they're mostly selling it as a TV product though though, and I think it was fine as a TV product. <laughs> Um, I, I get, like you mentioned, I think a, a general success, but I have some things that I, I think would just, it would, would be better for them to do. Well, that's what I want to get into in a moment. And I, I want to talk about the games first and then, you know, kind of do a, what would we change if we were in charge? And maybe we will be someday of the NBA in-season tournament. I know Tim Bontemps from ESPN, you know, if you're looking along live, you, you could pull up, he wrote a good piece this morning. Uh, just kind of noting some of the tweaks, most of which were fairly predictable that we could see in future years. But as we've talked about, I mean, the NBA seems very open uh, as far as you know, talking with teams, players, sponsors, fans uh, to, to try to maximize this thing. 
Well, let's start with the final on Saturday, and then we can we can do any lingering notes from Thursday. 123-109 in favor of the Lakers. Uh, a game that got a little bit dicier than it should have, at least to me. Uh, you know, LA felt like they were really in control. And I think through the first three quarters, I could never push the lead above 11 or 12. I forget which number it was, but it it, it felt it had the feel of a game that the Lakers were like comfortably up 15 to 20. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, TJ McConnell starts wreaking some havoc. He's stealing passes in the backcourt. And, you know, the Pacers had this down to a one possession game at one point. But, man, I, you know, it, it was interesting when they did the in season tournament MVP trophy presentation. Uh, you kind of forget that it encompasses the, the group play games as well. I, I didn't know who it was going to be. Like, Anthony Davis played so well on Saturday that I, I thought there was at least like a 40% chance that he could have, he could have taken home that award. Uh, of course, it did go to LeBron. Was that to you the best game that Anthony Davis has played in the Lakers uniform? I, I think to me it's it's in the top three. Uh, it's definitely up there. Yeah, I mean he he looked awesome. Um, was obviously great defensively. Was focused on. I mean he still had his his shots where he would like inexplicably fade away and like fall down <laughs> instead of just like he would like spin move and then be open for a dunk and he would just like fade, which was kind of confusing. But yeah, forty one twenty five and four is an is an insane stat line. We saw some intensity out of Anthony Davis too. We did late in the game, which you almost never see. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a Mahomes type of thing this weekend. You know, seeing him freaking out after the game, like I, I don't see this from Patrick Mahomes. But Davis was, I mean, especially defensively, man. Uh, you know, only had only four blocks. Felt like more, honestly. I mean, he was all over the place defensively. Excuse me, sixteen of twenty-four from the field, nine of thirteen at the line. Both teams got to the line a ton. It was a, a pretty slow game uh you know indiana part of the reason they were able to hang around is that i believe at one point they were like 26 of their first 27 from the line so even though the lakers ended up getting there two more times on balance uh you know some of those came late in the game when they were fouling uh but the lakers were missing a decent chunk of free throws the pacers were making them uh i thought you know the defense for la that's the thing like the, the lakers go through these stretches where they just look like an average team but when they have their guys and i don't know who has convinced cam reddish to become a good defender but man, dude, I mean, the, the size that the Lakers have, I mean, it's not only Anthony Davis, you know, at, at seven feet, LeBron at, at six, eight, six, nine, uh, but you know, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, uh, you know, Rui Hachimura didn't barely even played in this game, you know, coming back from injury, Jared Vanderbilt. Like this is, this is a team that has some, some big, big wings to throw at a team like Indiana. And I, I think the, you know, the biggest accomplishment for the Lakers was not letting Tyrese Halliburton control this game, which he had done in virtually every other in-season tournament game dating back to group play. Yeah, I think the, the Lakers made a concerted effort to, hey, let's trap Halliburton. Let's make his life as difficult as possible, and we'll let other guys beat us, which I think more teams may emulate going forward, especially as the Pacers continue to to look good. I think this happens sometimes with teams when they start to have a, a, a come up and other teams don't like still don't respect them on the uh, scouting report or don't like prep or they don't want to they don't want to like waste all their energy trapping Tyrese Halliburton when they have to play like Giannis the next day or something like that. Uh, but yeah, in a game that is supposed to have a playoff setting, this is, this is what you do. And, and the Lakers dig it really well. I think you're muted. I think this is a blueprint type of game for how the Lakers want to win in the playoffs. I mean, the defensive intensity intensity was notable. Uh, it felt like a playoff game. I, I think, you know, it was a huge win for the league that the Lakers and LeBron and you know, everybody else kind of followed suit taking these games seriously. I mean, it, it really, it didn't feel like the NBA finals. I'm not going to say that. I mean, even after the game, Anthony Davis was like, 
well, it's not the real thing, but it was still cool to, to win this, uh, which is, you know, I think about the, the best attitude the league could expect here. Um, but, you know, again, the defensive intensity from the Lakers, you know, closing out on shooters, they won the rebounding battle 55 to 32. Now, part of that was, you know, they held Indiana to 37% shooting. So there were just a lot more defensive rebounds available for the Lakers. But you know, even keeping Indy off the offensive glass, like TJ McConnell had three offensive rebounds. No other pacer <laughs> had more than one. You know, Miles Turner fouled out in the second half. Anthony Davis, you know, completely took him out of the game. And he had been, uh, you know, somebody who was a big reason why the Pacers even made it this far. Uh, just a really impressive effort overall from the Lakers. You know, the, the Pacers did go 10 of 41 from three. Yeah, that's about as bad as it's going to go for the Pacers. They've had some hot shooting nights. But on the other side, I mean, very weird game for the Lakers in that they put up 123 points. Felt like they played really well. They were two of 13 from three. 13 three-point attempts. Yeah, it's a, that's a that's a really bizarre game. I mean, that's some of that's like Anthony Davis going inside so much. LeBron was really focused on getting to the rim. Um, that's where those guys thrive, and I think – you sort of you see this sometimes depending on the player, but during the regular season, it's kind of the opposite of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler doesn't take threes during the regular season, and then during the playoffs, he starts launching them. But like LeBron and AD, I think take a lot of threes in the regular season just because the possession's busted and they don't want to necessarily like recklessly drive to the rack all the time. Uh, but yeah, I thought I, th I also thought it was interesting. You know, the Lakers, to me, I mean, they played their what is presumably like their playoff rotation. Yes, because Austin Reeves had 28 minutes off the bench, but only two other guys saw double digit minutes. Max Christie with 19 and then Vanderbilt at 16 and Hachimura had just nine. Yeah, I, I do wonder how much that's going to change. And, you know, I would imagine they they extend Reeves minutes a little bit. They've, they've been pretty cautious with him, you know, since moving him back to the bench. He's mostly played in the 20s. This was not a good D'Angelo Russell game by any means. Uh, hit a couple big shots. You know, one of them kind of ended a, a Pacers run in the third quarter, but that's, that's a bad turnovers. You know, started off really slowly. I was surprised he actually ended up playing as much as he did down the stretch. I thought we might see a little more Reeves. Uh, Reeves had 22 points in the first half, by the way. Um, I, I took the over on one and a half made threes for Reeves. Uh, over three from beyond the arc, despite putting up 28. Uh, that would, that would have been a big one to complete a parlay, but you know, I, I think Hachimura probably plays a little bit more in the postseason. You know, Vanderbilt is somebody that they always, they always talk about, like he's this ace defender and he's a good defender. And then they'll play him. Like we even saw this in the playoffs last year. You know, they'll play him like 14 minutes in a big game, which I think is just kind of who he is. And then, well, the other thing too is, you know, Gabe Vincent could be back some point this week in this rotation. He was terrible to begin the year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just not in the rotation for now. I also don't think we see that much Max Christie in high leverage games. Like he's fine. They trust him on defense. He can hit, you know, corner threes. He had some pretty big mistakes. You know, he threw a ball for a backcourt violation at a key spot to Anthony Davis, who was very upset. Like it got to the point that, um, you know, on the broadcast, they were like, yeah, that's probably going to get him pulled. And they actually kept him in the game after that. But, um, you know, I'll be interested to see how they mix in Gabe Vincent. I, for fantasy purposes, I mean, even if Vincent comes back this week, like unless you're in a really deep league, is there really anything to worry about there? No, I don't think it affects anybody. I don't think, I don't think Gabe Vincent coming back is he's not going to add. And I don't think it affects anybody who is fantasy relevant. I mean, I could see maybe a situation where Cam Reddish's minutes take a small decline or like Torian Prince or something, but I, I don't think it's going to uh, be a big fantasy implication. No, they, they seem to like Torian Prince as well. Um, yeah. you know, even when he's not hitting threes, uh, they've, you know, they, they played him a ton of minutes. I think what they, they like what he brings on defense and they certainly could have used more of that, you know, a player like him last season. 
Uh, we'll talk waiver wire in just a moment. Uh, after that, we will hit the live listener questions. So if, if you're new here, give us the questions in the chat. We will get to them. We'll hit as many as we can at the end. So keep those coming. We're not ignoring you by any means. We, we see the questions. We will address all those later on. But first, we have a message from our friends at Underdog. Underdog Fantasy is the number one platform for NBA best ball and DFS player pickup contest. If you have not tried Underdog yet, new Underdog users receive a first-time deposit bonus up to 100 bucks, and you'll get a free six-month subscription to our site, rotowire.com. All you got to do is use the promo code RWNBA. That's RWNBA. Do that when you sign up at Underdog. You'll get that deposit match. You'll get that free six-month subscription to Rotowire. That's all sports, too. If you want to use it, you, know, you got fantasy baseball, you know, starting to heat up already. Uh, prepared for next season. You know, if you if you want to grind it out for the end of the football season, that gets you full access to everything on RotoWire. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or you can download the Underdog app and use that code RWNBA. That'll get you the free RotoWire subscription and the deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. You and I have been playing on Underdog a ton. I've been I've been playing a concerning amount of Underdog lately and dude, it's it's so fun. Like I this weekend I was dipping into, you know, some cross sport uh, oh, yeah. You know, pick them contests, which I, I love doing. You, know, you get get a little NFL action, you get some NBA action. I, I especially love doing it for the late games. You know, like I, I finish up the radio show at nine o'clock. There's some random, you know, Jazz Blazers game going. You're like, eh, you know what? Let's fire up an underdog entry or two. Um, and I'll also direct you free plug to rotowire.com slash picks, uh, where we have a, an awesome new tool. Our tech team has been working on this for like a year uh, to help you maximize your winnings on sites like Underdog, Sleeper, uh, Prize Picks, you know, whatever daily pickup site you use. It compares everything to the sports books. Make sure you're getting the best number, getting the best value. So check out rotowire.com slash picks. Let's do some waiver wire recap, Alex. Uh, fairly busy week for me uh, in the okay. rotowire stake league. Uh, you know, the rotowire staff league, I, I made a couple additions as well, but I tell you what, man, I am in, I am in dire straits in my NFBKC league. I, Despite sitting, I think I'm in like ninth right now. I absolutely love my team. Like, I really think I have the best team in the league. And, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Six of my first nine draft picks are currently injured and will miss at least one game this week. Like, I and, – and none of these guys are droppable, right? I mean, maybe maybe yeah, we can no. talk about whether or not, you know, Mitchell Robinson or like Marcus Smart. Like, I don't want to drop Marcus Smart. He might be back in a week. No. Um, I, I, I can't really drop any of these guys. Like, what? so what do you do in a situation like this in a competitive league where I'll give you the names. LaMelo Ball, Marcus Smart, Laurie Markkinen, Jeremy Grant, Mitchell Robinson, Walker Kessler. All six of those guys are injured right now. And, you know, the nice thing about the NFPKC is you you set a Monday to Thursday and then a Friday, Saturday, Sunday lineup. So there, there's you know some workability there. Uh, but do I have any other choice but to just kind of eat it for a week? I I don't think you do because I don't I don't think Kessler is droppable. Um, he's been playing so much better lately. I don't think Mitchell Robinson is droppable. Uh, so, yeah, I think you just got to eat it, unfortunately. It's just it's one of those things in fantasy where every year, you know, you some, someone posts on Twitter, regardless of sport, like, this is my lineup for this week. Or, like, look at this. And it's like every player on their roster is hurt. And it, one year, it's just going to be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in a competitive league like that, there's just nobody out there. You know, it's like I... In retrospect, I, re- I regret not going a little bit higher for someone like, you know, Dylan Brooks. You know, I'd just be psyched to roster right now, given my situation. But other than that, it's like Killian Hayes, uh, you know, Kaminga, Drew Eubanks. Like these are these are considered the top waiver wire options of the week. So I, I think I'm just going to kind of have to wait it out and, and hope those guys come back sooner than later, especially marketing who's been day to day now for like two weeks. But 
Uh, did you make any any notable ads, any notable drops across your leagues? I really, I really didn't. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't. I think the most notable ad that I probably should have tried harder for, but I was a little wary of, is Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, he got added for about 10% of the fab budget in my NFPKC league. Um, but you know, in the past, like Thibodeau has, they like Jeremy, uh, excuse me, uh, Jericho, Jericho Sims. Yeah. So like, yes, I think Hartenstein is a must add, but don't be shocked if he ends up playing like 26 or 27 minutes a game instead of like 33 minutes a game. Yeah, I, I agree. They've been pretty hesitant to extend him. I, I think he's just not the type of guy who you know is, is that effective once he gets above that 25 minute threshold. So, uh, you know, we, we had a question in the chat about this as well. Is he a must add in points leagues? Like depending on the size of your league, probably just because, I mean, Mitchell Robinson, if, if you haven't seen the news is out, what, eight to 10 weeks. So, you know, if, yeah. if Mitchell Robinson was out one to two weeks, I would say, no, probably not. Don't really bother. But you got a good two months here where we, we know for a fact Hardenstein's going to see more minutes. It's just a question of how many more. I, I still think with how dry the waiver wire is in deeper leagues, he's probably a must add for me. I, I want him. I went and got him in, in the Rotowire staff league, which is 16 teams. Um, I know in the stake league, he went for, you know, that that's a $100 uh, waiver wire budget. I think he went, he went for north of 20. Um, I, I believe it might've been even higher than that. Let me try to find it. $29 uh, Hartenstein went for. That's too rich for my blood. I offered significantly less than that. I, I wouldn't put in, yeah, I wouldn't give up a third of my fab budget necessarily for Hartenstein. But again, if you're in a deep competitive league, I, I think this is somebody you should, you should definitely add. Well, um, yeah, I will, I will mention, you know, in the, in the comments here, uh, Christopher Scott says, I think Robinson is droppable. He's out two months. There are a lot of leagues where he is droppable. I think if you are in like a 10 teams points league, it's completely fine to drop him. Depends who's on your IR, even in a 10 team category league. I don't hate the idea of dropping him again. Depends who's on your IR if you have IR space. So that's that's a good point to bring up. I, you know, when you mentioned you had Robinson, I told you not to drop him, but that's a deeper NFBKC league. And I, I you, I mean, maybe you end up dropping him. I would like to see I where you could to. get without dropping him. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm waiting it out for this week. You know, if I it, it, because you know Jeremy Grant, Laurie Markkinen, those guys could be back later in the week. Walker Kessler could even be back, you know, later in the week. So I might get bailed out of this, and I just have to eat it for half of the week, which I could live with. Uh, the problem is in a league like that, he's going to get snapped up and there's no IR spots, but like, if you're a good team and you're healthy, why not just add Mitchell Robinson to play keep away? Right. And that's, that's right. what worries me. It's not like I could just go grab him again in two months. So there's just, there's not a lot out there on the waiver wire in that league. And he's been, he's been so valuable for rebounds, especially that I, I just, I don't feel comfortable right now, but you're right. It, it totally depends on the size of your league. Uh, what about Derek Jones Jr.? Uh, you know, were you rushing out to grab him anywhere? I, I think he was my highest priority ad in stake. Yeah, I thought about it. Um, partially, you know, right now, Josh Green is out. Grant yeah. Williams is out. Kyrie Irving uh, is out. It's doesn't really have a timetable right now. I, I thought about Derek Jones, to be honest, and I just, I couldn't pull the trigger. It was sort of league specific. I didn't feel really strongly about dropping somebody for him. And ultimately, at the end of the day, He's kind of a specialist who I think might be over his head. I think he's out over his skis in terms of like his three-point shooting percentage. And um, so I wasn't I wasn't rushing to add him. Yeah, you're definitely right about the three-point shooting. You would expect that to come around at some point. Uh, I mean, he's at, he's at about 40% for the year, and he's never shot better than 34%. 
So chances are that'll regress. I mean, he's two of two of nine over his last two games. So maybe that's happening already. Um, but again, in, in a 16 team league where you know waivers are super competitive, I yeah. felt like I had to grab him, especially with Josh Green being out for a week. And I think I, I think there's some longer term viability. I'm not saying I'm gonna hold him and start him every week the rest of the year. Um, but in, in this league specifically, you know, most teams, unless you absolutely nailed the auction, you got probably two guys you're starting each week that you don't feel good about. You know, so to me, I, I had I had space to play with. You know, I, I was just kind of I was holding Luke Kennard on IR for a little bit. And I was like, whatever, I'll just <laughs> I'll put market in there. I'll, I'll I'll open up a spot. So it's not like I drop. I, I it was an easy drop, is what I'm saying to add him. And Dallas also plays four games in each week for the next four weeks. So you know, pretty much every team except for like five, I think, play four this coming week. But pretty big schedule advantage for him over the next month. So I don't. I don't anticipate him still being on my roster in March. Uh, that means he's either playing really well or my team is terrible. But I, I do think there's a good three or four weeks here where he's going to continue to be viable. I don't think he's a points league guy. He's he's point eight fantasy points per minute. Yeah, it's just not going to do it unless he's seeing like thirty nine, which he's not. I, have, I actually have a I have a start sick question for you. Can I can okay. I lob your way in a, a sixteen teamer? Absolutely. Al Horford or Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Uh, man. Well, let me, let me pull up the, the great schedule tool that we have over at Rotowire. Dude, do both teams have, or do both teams have four games this week? They both have four games. Both teams have a back-to-back. So I assume Horford's only playing three. Wiggins is probably going to play four. Well, we'll see if he, if he can avoid, you know, slamming his finger in any car doors this week. I mean, that's the number (laughs) one thing to monitor. Just based on that, I would lean Wiggins. I just want the extra game. Uh, You know, even if he only gives you like 12 and five in that game, you know, I, I think the chances that Horford, exceeds that with Porzingis back probably not great so I would lean Wiggins but which way are you leaning I think I have to do Wiggins even though I don't want to um yeah I'm happy to get Anthony Simons back in that league let me tell you that much at least yeah he's looked great so far uh Christopher says if you're in ninth place you have more to worry about than Robinson (laughs) you're not wrong about that uh yeah I do um I have like five other injuries that are even bigger than Mitchell Robinson so thank you for that but you are you are correct um yeah, I'm trying to think who else I added this week. I mean, again, a lot of them come on the margins. I, I picked up Hartenstein in the in the staff league. I went out and grabbed Derek Jones in that league as well. Added Isaiah Joe in a few spots, just looking for some threes. And then I, I do this probably twice a year uh, in the stake league, but I, I did grab a T. Steibel. And a couple other people yeah, bid sure. on him, so that, that made me feel a little bit better. Yeah, I have Steibel in, in the keeper league. Um, he is completely fine to have it. I think a 14-team league on a four-game week, he's very startable. Um, I'm looking at the added and dropped trends on ESPN right now. Uh, we have three guys with double-digit percentage ads. Bojan Bogdanovich, Kobe White, and Anthony Simons. I'm not sure how much we have to talk about White or Simons. White's been awesome. He, he should be added in literally 100% of leagues. Uh, Bojan is interesting to me. I also think he should be rostered in 100% of leagues, given how bad Detroit's playing and the fact that he is their best scorer. Um right now and asar thompson uh 11 down and he has not played more than 21 minutes in five games i saw we had a question about him in the chat earlier where are you with asar thompson at this point yeah johnny tobar said i picked up a man thompson what are your thoughts um yeah i mean speaking about asar first first of all i don't have a problem grabbing a man if you're in a deeper league or you have a you know a roster spot just because we didn't really see anything out of him early on rockets are a crowded depth chart um but you know i think based on what we saw from asar you'd like to think that he could kind of replicate that 
I mean, we we talked about Asar last week, Alex, and we've I think we've had two more games since then where the minutes have continued to be limited. He's now come off the bench for four straight, and even his last start, he only played 21 minutes. It, you know, if I'm in a, a 16-team league, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable dropping him because he showed enough early on that you always worry about the Pistons' rotation just changing on a whim because that's what happens, and they've already done it like four times this season. But I, I don't know how many more, you know, four points – four rebounds, one steal games, you can really stomach. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think if you're in a 12, you have to drop him. Um, if you're, I mean, if you need the spot again, you can hold anybody you want if you don't need the spot, but uh, yeah, in a 16 teamer, it's, it's, it is really starting to push it. Um, and I wouldn't blame anybody for dropping him. I think if you're near the bottom of your standings, you have to drop him and try to stream someone else in. Uh, it's unfortunate. And it, as far as a men, I mean, I don't mind grabbing a men um, as a flyer, but to start the year, you know, he was barely seeing, I mean, he's only seeing 17 minutes a game to start mm -hmm. the year and they're playing so well right now. I don't know exactly who he dislodges for playing time. Yeah. Um, maybe Aaron holiday, you know, he's been <clears> seeing more minutes, but I don't know. He's seen wingets cause he's playing well. So it's hard to say. If I'm grabbing a man, it's got to be a deeper league, and I'm not planning on starting him right away. Uh, he should play, by the way, tonight. Uh, he's off the injury report, so he'll at least be available. I think that'll tell us a lot right away, right? You know, do, do they do they even throw him out there? Is he even part of the rotation initially? Uh, you know, Houston is home for the Spurs, so that you know that that actually could play in his favor if that turns into a blowout uh, one way or the other. Likely in favor of Houston, we could see him in the second half. And for what it's worth, I mean, he played in the G League last week. 29 points on 26 shots, 16 boards, 11 assists, three steals, and two blocks in 40 minutes. He's really good, man. I mean, he is supposed to be the better prospect than Asar. So I think that's why you have to mm -hmm. consider picking him up. And like you said, he played really well in the G League. Mm -hmm. All right. I still want to talk more in-season tournament. We'll, we'll hit that later in the pod. But let's get to some questions here. Jordy asks, do I drop Scoot Henderson in a 12-team league with eight categories? I've been pretty pro. You don't need to roster Scoot this whole time. Um, you know, there will, I think there will be a time and a place when he's seeing enough minutes. You know, maybe they trade Malcolm Brogdon. You know, he, he did play 30 minutes against Dallas the other night. That's encouraging. I still, I still don't know quite how much you could read into that. You know, Simon's being back and looking, looking like himself right away. Um, you know, I think that's not going to help him. And Brogdon obviously did not play against Dallas in their last game. So that's a big part of the reason you saw that minutes boost, you know, eight category leagues. I feel a little bit better because you don't have to worry about the turnovers. He's been, you know, very yeah. high turnovers per minute. You know, the fouls are still an issue for him, which is just doesn't happen to rookie guards. It's very strange. Um, but I like, if you're rostering Scoot Henderson, like, what are you hoping for? Like, what's, what's the category that you're like, this is why I need him. Probably assists. I would assume, right. Assists. I think so. I think so. He's yeah. at 4.1 per game in limited minutes. So if, if you like desperately need assists, I could see it. He's not giving you consistent steals. You know, the rebounds have been about what you'd expect. And you're, you're eating a, a pretty bad field goal percentage as well. I mean, on the year, he's down to 34%. I mean, that's Keontae George range. Yeah. I think, I think you're bait. I think you're almost literally hoping for Keontae George by holding Scoot Henderson. And people have asked, like, should I drop Keontae George for Scoot Henderson? And it's like, I think Scoot Henderson, again, it's probably like Scoot Henderson's upside might be Keontae George this season. So, you know, yeah, I I, I think you're fine dropping him. 
Honestly, it's I don't if it's not happening now, maybe it happens later in the year, but at some point you can't plan for later in the year all the time. I just I don't know, you know, in a 12 team league, is, is anybody immediately snatching him up? You know, it's like I think I think there's a you never want to play this game. It's a it's you know roulette in some ways, but you could probably just pick him up later, right? I I don't know. I just I think right now there's just not a whole lot of upside. Maybe if you wanna if you wanna wait and see on on Malcolm Brogdon, you know, hopefully we get something a little bit more definitive on him you know there's they're saying he's day-to-day going into tonight's game against the Clippers they do have a four-game week uh but after that they they have a three-game week so you got to think about that as well um and I believe it's a a three-game week the the following week as well so you know if you're using them this week you could potentially justify it on four games especially if Brogdon misses two of those but after that you're not starting him on two back-to-back three-game weeks anyway so um we probably talked too much about this one but I, I would be comfortable dropping him Um, all things considered is would would be my final answer we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, let's see. Who should I put in my utility spot for the game later tonight? Asar, Amen, or Sohan? Probably Sohan, right? Um, I think so. You know, I'm not a Sohan guy, but I, I think Amen is way too risky right now. Not just, yeah, just yeah, not yeah. knowing. Like again, he might not even play. We don't know. Yeah, Amen is way too risky. Asar hasn't played more than 21 minutes in five games, and Sohan came off the bench two games ago, but then they put him back in the starting line if he played 34 minutes. Is he playing that well? No, but he's still a good chance he's going to play 30 minutes. So do that. Yeah. Last 15 games for Sohan, 12 and a half points, five boards, four assists, really not giving you anything on defense. 46% from the field, 44% from three, 
83 at the line. So he's not, he's not killing it, but he's not harming you in any category either. And I think he's going to give you the highest floor. Uh, you know, if that's what you're, you're looking for. Paul asks, should I rush and try to move the players on possibly taking teams? This is a good question. A uh, very prescient question. One that I've had to deal with, you know, you're, you're talking about Utah, Portland, Detroit, San Antonio, teams like that. You know, is, is there any specific team or rotation that's worried you most so far, Alex? Like I, I want to say we're early enough on that it shouldn't matter, but I mean, all, all those teams I just named have already pulled some hijinks. If they're veterans, I think you have to think about it. Like if you're, if you're rostering Jeremy Grant, like I am, uh, I would maybe try to move off of that. Um, you know, the jazz have talked about like marketing maybe is available. I don't know if I would, I wouldn't necessarily mind moving off of him. Um, the Wizards guys, I don't know. They're all pretty young, relatively speaking. I wouldn't be as worried about that. Uh, I'm always going to have to kick a moving off of Gorgon Hayward and Charlotte. As far as the Pistons go, like I think you need to squeeze what you can out of Bojan Bogdanovic and then try to move him at a, at a sell high point. Um, but if the yeah, the overall question is like yes, but don't don't take like sixty cents on the dollar. You know, try to get like eighty or ninety cents yeah. on the dollar for these guys. Right. And don't, yeah, like you said, don't accept a bad trade. We're still, we're what, 23 games into the season. You know, it's mm-hmm. like if, if we were at the 60 game mark, yeah, then I think you might, you, it almost might be to your benefit to accept a lesser deal because you worry about that shutdown coming. I think we also have to keep in mind, and I'll be interested to see how much you think this matters, Alex. Not a great draft. Like there's not, there's not a Wembenyama that teams are shutting it down for, right? I mean, we have, there's like six guys right now that could be the number one pick. I mean, this might, I think at this juncture right now, this is probably the worst draft since the Anthony Bennett draft. And I'm always of the mind that players emerge. Yeah, we'll, we'll feel a lot differently come April, May, June. So I, I'm not saying it's just going to be a terrible draft with no talent, but there's not a prize. And there's not, there's certainly not two or three prizes where you know you're like, oh great, we got the third pick. That's awesome. We'll just we'll take our pick of the three good prospects. Like as of right now, it's a total crapshoot. Do you think that really matters? Does that affect tanking at all? Um I mean, I can't. I can't really speak to the class. I haven't heard great things about it. You would know more than me. Um, but, but like you mentioned, I haven't heard anything great. Does it affect things? Um, sort of. I mean, there's still because there's still a point where you know they flatten the draft odds, but teams are still, I think, going to jockey to get within that lowest uh, draft odds. If that makes sense, like they want to get over the threshold. But once they're in that and once they're locked in that, I wouldn't be surprised if they start playing more of their young guys again and like don't like sort of like revert, don't tank at some point. But um, yeah, it's not as it may not be as dramatic as in years past. Got offered Julius Randle for the unicorn. Chris Tapps, Porzingis. What are your thoughts? That's an interesting trade. Um, Randle over the past two weeks. And I had to double check this is ranked 14th and eight cat uh, after starting the year, like complete garbage. Uh, meanwhile, Porzingis is th- well, Porzingis has only played one game um, over that stretching on the year. He ranks 40th. Mm-hmm. Um, you got offered. Was it you? You got offered Randall. Well, that, I guess it doesn't was, matter. I believe that was the wording. Yeah. So you'd be giving up KP to get Randall. I. I'm fine with having Randall. To me, that's fairly even because Randall is obviously less of an injury risk. He basically never gets hurt. 
And I think he has top 50 upside this season. He's, he's after his really slow start. I think he's, he's fine now. And Porzingis is ranked 40th. And I think that's pretty accurate in terms of what I think he'll do the rest of the year. So I think it's, it's personal preference, but I'd be fine taking Randall for sure. Yeah, I, I want the Randall side of this. Uh, we've already seen Porzingis have his first injury of the year. You kind of feel like there's a second one coming at some point. And yeah, you said it with Randall. First 10 games of the year, 34% from the field, 70% from the line, 25% from three. I mean, it was worst case scenario shooting wise, but he's still, he was still giving you counting stats. You know, 18, 10, and five every night with a steal. Uh, since that, that 10 game start, last 11 games, 51% from the field, 75% at the line, 37% from three. So, Maybe he settles somewhere in the middle. I'm not saying he's going to be 51% the rest of the way, uh, but I think he's shaken off that start. And you know, the numbers have been fantastic, just the raw numbers, 25, 9, and 6 over the last 11. He's still playing a ton of minutes. You know, the Knicks are a team that, you know, you, you don't worry about them tanking. You know, they kind of have to scratch a claw to, to get where they want to be in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, to me, the, the biggest tiebreaker is just one guy misses 30-plus games every year. The other guy plays 70-plus every year. So I, I would take Randall. Nicholas asks 14 team nine cat league. I have Keegan Murray on my IR. Is it worth dropping either scoot Wiggins or Dinwiddie in order to activate Keegan Murray? Alex, I know you have Dinwiddie too. So how do you feel about him? <laughs> how do you feel about him with Cam Thomas back? Tragically, I've become the Dinwiddie guy, even though like, I don't even really like Dinwiddie, uh, but I do have him. Yes. Um, you know, he's actually been fine with, uh, with Cam Thomas back, which has been interesting. You know, his assists are down a little bit. Um, but and his shooting is always up and down. I, I would rather look of these three. I'm definitely not dropping Dinwiddie. Um, I think you're fine to drop either Scoot or Wiggins. Uh, and I wouldn't think too hard about which one to drop. Um, yeah, it's a nine cat league. Depends how sensitive you are to turnovers, I guess. And how badly you want assists. I think you so here's here's what I'll say, unless you have a strong opinion on this, Nick. But what I'll say is just like look at your categories, look at look at how you're doing in each category. What do you want? Do you want assists? Are you low on assists? If so, keep scoot and drop Wiggins. Do you need just points? If so, you know, drop scoot, keep Wiggins, that kind of a thing. But yeah, I think you said it right. The other thing I would consider is field goal percentage. You know, are you right. are you struggling in that category? Is your team shooting like 44% from the field? Scoot's not going to help you there anytime soon. Um, so that, you know, if you're looking for a tiebreaker, that's maybe where I would I would check into. Paul asks, should I rush? Oh, no, we already talked about that one. Psych. Um, we hit <laughs> that one as well. Dave asks, got offered Jimmy Butler and DeAndre Ayton for Carl Anthony Towns. Should I take it? Interesting two for one here. Um. Butler and Aiton for Cat. I think I would take that. I think yeah. so. I think so. I, I I love Cat. I also think we you know we saw kind of an extended version of Cat when when Anthony Edwards missed a couple of games. The scoring upside is just not the same when Edwards is there. I mean, obviously Gobert has just you know taken his rebounding back to Utah levels. Like I think that's hurt Towns a little bit in that category. I'm not a big Aiton guy. You know, and we, we just talked about the risk of you know bringing in somebody on a bad team like Portland. I also don't, I don't know. I'd have a hard time seeing Aiton getting truly shut down until the very end of the year. Like it's not a team that, you know, they don't have like a, I don't know. I don't want to say the name James Wiseman, but some like young center behind him where they want to get a look at like Aiton is still kind of that guy, right? It's like, he's, he's still young. Like, I think you still want to see what you have in him. I think this is, this is a good enough deal. I mean, Butler and Cat are comparable fantasy players. Right. And I, I think Aiton is enough of a sweetener 
even though I prefer Cat over Butler, I would take the two side of this one. Yeah, I think that what makes this tough is like Cat has been awesome lately. Past month, he's ranked ninth and eight Cat. And Butler's ranked like 40th and Aiton's 90th, right? So on, I think on paper, <clears throat> like what they're doing right now, it makes it seem like the Cat side's a win. But the two for one is like, when you're getting guys, again, Butler does have, sim, I think, similar upside on a week-to-week or month-to-month basis as Cat. And um, Aiton has been solid. So, yeah, I think I would take the two for one. All right, we got another Scoot Henderson adjacent question. JJ Styles with a Z asks, do I drop Santi Aldama for Hartenstein? Other potential drops would be Scoot or Keontae George. Drop Aldama. Um, maybe. Yeah, Aldama is so weird, man. I I wish I could make sense of Santi Aldama. He, he's almost one of the most confounding players in fantasy. But um, they need him because their rotation sucks. Uh and, you know, I, without knowing exactly what kind of league you're in, I think I would, oh, man, I mean, do you have a, do you have a strong lean on this? I think you should pick up Hartenstein. I, I would worry actually probably the most about dropping Aldama. I don't think I would. We talked about Scoot a lot. Um, I might prefer to drop Scoot to be honest with you, but yeah. That's where I lean as well. I'm I'm also not the biggest George guy. I I, I mean the minutes are going to be there with him, so that scares me. But again, field goal percentage is terrible, high turnovers. Um, I I would want Hartenstein. The thing with Aldama, it's like does does Ja and Marcus Smart returning in the next week or two does that matter for him at all? Obviously, no positional overlap, but just adding two guys into the rotation who are going to play thirty to thirty five minutes. Um, I don't know because if anything, I think that's just like. I mean, I'm looking at their minutes over the last five games. Mm -hmm. David Roddy's playing 25 minutes. Jalen Noel, who's on a 10-day, is playing 25 minutes. Vince Williams is 24 minutes. Like, these guys don't – these guys are not NBA players. Like, they should not be in an NBA rotation for a good team. So I would be more more worried about those guys losing minutes. I think Aldama is relatively safe. Mm -hmm. They, they should be getting Jake LaRavia back this week as well. So that might be a more, you know, one-to-one comparison. He, he was playing about 15 minutes a game. I mean, it was like one week and then he got hurt. So tough to say. Uh, but yeah, in, in general, I would say try to... So what, what, what are we agreeing on? Keep Hartenstein and keep Eldama? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. 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 All right. Another Hartenstein follow-up. Uh, do you add him in a 10-team category league? I think you have to add him and then just see what happens. Yeah. Um, but again, so to for reference, last year he started how many games is this? Eight. He started yeah. eight games last year and only played 24 minutes a game in those starts. Um, and was averaging six, seven, and one with like a steal and a half, a, a stock and a half. So some of this depends on again, how much do they how much does Tibbs want to play Jericho Sims? How much you know, how many minutes, because, you know, New York has this, uh, they have this backcourt log jam, right? Like we've heard, we've heard Grimes complaining about his role. We've heard uh, Josh Hart complaining about not getting enough touches. You know, my concern would be either Sims gets those minutes or they start playing Julius Randle at backup center. So they can more minutes for Hart or more minutes for DiVincenzo, more minutes for quickly, more minutes for like the backcourt. Um, I still think you add Hartenstein just to see because we know he's like a permanent monster, but don't don't drop 
um, like a known 10 lead, 10 team commodity for him. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a fringe guy, sure. Yeah. The other thing I'll say about Hartenstein is a lot of the reason that we liked him during his Clippers days was he was a very good passer, you know, two and a half assists in like yep. 17 minutes a game. The assist rate is way down. So it's coming to New York, right? I mean, it's down like five percentage points. He's basically cut his assist production in half the last two years in about the same minute load. And I think that's just by virtue of you know, playing it with Randall, Barrett, Brunson, Hart. Like you just got other options quickly. Yeah. Um, they don't really, they don't run things through him, right? Not that the Clippers necessarily were, but you know, the assists were a big part of his stat profile. And it was always like, man, if he could play 30 minutes, you know, he might be four assists a game on top of a block and, you know, 0.8 steals and 10 points and 10 boards. But yeah, the assists just aren't really, aren't really there for him. So I would stop, stop short of saying he's a must add in a 10 team league. But if you have the roster spot, like if you're the guy who lost Mitchell Robinson, then yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Long one here from Johnny. Should I drop Jeremy Sohan in a 10 team nine cat league? I have Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Rozier, Kate Cunningham, D'Angelo Russell, Jimmy Butler, Kuzma, Herb Jones, Sadiq Bay, Amen Thompson, Derek Lively, Brooke Lopez, Porzingis, Anthony Davis, Mark Williams. So it's basically, it's so hot the drop out of all those guys. I think Amen is the drop, personally. Yeah. In, in a 10-team league, you don't really need to be rostering Amen. You know, I don't, I guess, like, what are the chances that two weeks from now we're like, oh, man, we gave some really bad advice. Like, he's, he's playing a ton of minutes. Like, I don't know. I, I think I think Houston, there needs to be an injury or they need to take a downturn because I, I think they're pretty happy with where they're at. And I, I don't know that playing a rookie 25 plus minutes a night is going to get them where they want. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Another thing with Amen too, even if he does see, let's say Amen sees 28 minutes a game, you know, because they like him, the ball is still going to be in Fred Van Vliet's hands. Jalen Green's going to get his touches. Shangoon, like the usage might not necessarily be there. Maybe he'll be a steals and blocks guy. He's going to get assists in transition, all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sohan, I think, is a lot as a lot higher floor. Yeah. And, you know, Jay Sean Tate is is in the mix for this team as well. Like he's still getting 15 minutes a night off the bench. Like, yeah, I, I think it says a lot that even with a men Thompson out for a month and a half, like Cam Whitmore didn't sniff the rotation. You know, a guy mm-hmm. who looked really good in summer league and obviously has a pedigree. Um, so, you know, a men Thompson has an even bigger draft pedigree. They have an investment in him. I'm not saying that he's just going to sit in the G League all year. Like that's not going to happen. But I don't. I think there's a there's a, a big gap between showing some flashes now and then and you know being fantasy viable in a, a 10 or a 12 team league. Yusuf says, Hi guys, what's up, Yusuf? I got an offer. Butler, Ayton, PJ Washington for McCall Bridges, Derek Lively, and Austin Reeves, 12 team, nine category league. What's <laughs> what's with the Butler and Ayton packages? It's our second second one of the uh, everyone's trying to move off of those guys. I think I prefer the Butler Aiden PJ side, but yeah, yeah. I yeah. I think uh, I want that side uh, of it. Um, you know, as always, depends what you need. McCall Bridges is heated up lately. Yeah, that's certainly somebody I want on my teams. But I think you know McCall Butler and Aiden are pretty clearly the three best fantasy players in the deal. So if you can get two of those, that's fine with me. And, you know, Butler and, and Bridges are pretty comparable. Yeah, the, to me, this one feels like assess your roster. Like, why are you doing this trade? Like, why would you, are you, do you need two big men? You know, because you're basically giving up a forward and a guard and a big man 
for two players who should qualify, three players who should qualify at forward. So sort of assess your roster needs there. Okay. We have a request to just talk about TJ McConnell. Uh, <laughs> no sweat says, I just love that dude with a, a little smiley face emoji. Uh, look, I'm still holding him in the stake league. I, I, I've tried to drop him three weeks in a row. And with the way that the waivers waterfalls has fallen, um, he's still on my roster. I, you know, there's always like a week or two throughout the season where it feels like everybody rosters him. You, you try to capitalize on the steals, you know, like whenever, whenever Halliburton's out, which is not going to be very often, um, you know, he's going to have a chance to, to be like, you know, 15, seven and seven, because he, he gets you the assist. He rebounds very well for his size. And, and obviously the steals are, are the main thing. Um, I, I don't really like TJ McConnell just because he was on that Arizona team that Wisconsin <laughs> played two years in a row. Uh, both years they went to the final four won both of those games, but I developed a hatred for basically everybody on that Arizona team. But with that said, I, I respect him. I mean, the fact that he's hung around this long in the NBA and is a guy that every team would want, you know, I, I can't say I have too much against him. He's a very good player. Um, always makes his presence felt on the court for sure. Very good passer. Uh, uh, good hands on defense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You mentioned it in a 16 team league. He is hard to drop because if Halliburton does get injured for two weeks, McConnell's going to pick up like top 60 numbers <laughs> for sure. Uh, board today, realistic expectations for Hartenstein. I think we covered that. Uh, thank you for the question. Either way, talked a lot about Hartenstein. You know, I think we cited a lot of the numbers from last year, assists being down, just no guarantee, you know, that he's a, a 30 minute guy. Um, somewhat related question here. And we'll, we'll do this one quickly. Cause we've talked about both of these guys a ton. Someone just dropped Mitchell Robinson, something I need to consider. Do you think it's worth picking him up? and dropping Scoot to do so? That's a really interesting question. We'll assume um, there's an IR spot. Yeah. I mean, Robinson this year is, he's playing well, but he's ranked like 116 mm -hmm. um, on the whole year. So, uh, I mean, it would be fine to do that, but... Uh, well, let me know, ask you this. Can you, can you wait two or three weeks or is there a fear that somebody else grabs it? I think someone can else you, might can grab you stream him. that spot for a couple weeks. Yeah. I, I, again, always you know, it, it, 14 team league. I think somebody probably grabs him. Right. I mean, if, if he was dropped in the stake league, would you pick him up today? If he was dropped in the stake league in a 16 team league with an IR spot. Uh, yeah, I think, think i would but my team is i might be a bad person to ask because i built this really balanced team so yeah. uh i don't i don't have like a clear drop for him although i could drop wiggins for him i would do that probably so i guess if you view wiggins and scoot equally which i think we maybe talked about on a previous question then um it's probably fine to drop scoot for for robinson but i don't think it's like a mm -hmm. league winning move or league losing move yeah. either way Thoughts on Harrison Barnes, rest of season, 16-team, nine-category league. I would tell you, I mean, Harrison Barnes has got to be rostered in just about every 16-team league. Yeah. Yeah, he's too he, – yeah, exactly. In a 12-teamer, he's a streamer. In a 14-teamer, maybe a streamer. 16-team, you have to roster him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even even if he's kind of not somebody you're excited to start, four-game week, he's going to give you, you know, 13 points, four or five boards. Um, you know, you hope maybe a steal, a couple of threes. Like, you – He's become like the super streaky player. Like he'll have, he'll have weeks yeah. where, you know, earlier in November, you know, he had a five game run where he was like close to 20 points per game. He's raining in a bunch of threes. He's getting to the line. 
And, you know, then the next night he'll take three shots in 34 minutes like he did against New Orleans uh, in the in-season tournament. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit back and forth with Harrison Barnes. But, yeah, 16-team league, you, you got to have him. Just as we speak, Johnny says, I got offered Clay Thompson and Miles Turner for DeJounte Murray and Chris Stapps Porzingis. I'm not a fan of this trade offer, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Don't do that. Absolutely do not do that. Clay Thompson might be... <laughs> He could, you could drop Clay Thompson. I mean, like they're they're in a ten team league. You don't even have to roster Clay Thompson. So <laughs> you're basically being traded Turner for Dejounte Murray and KP. No, that's an awful trade offer. All right, Marvin Osai says I'm playing a twelve team category league. I got offered Giannis for Sabonis, Lamelo, and Kawhi. Do I do it? LOL. Uh no, <laughs> absolutely not, not. In a cat league and. You know, obviously you're waiting for the Kawhi injury. Lamelo's out. Who knows how long? In a category league, I wouldn't do it. Um, I mean, Giannis is a monster, but we we know about the pitfalls there. Would you do this in a points league? No, no, me neither. That's too much, too much. Um, don't do that. If 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 somebody if you're on the other side of this and somebody's offering you that trade, then yes, do it. Uh, is Malcolm Brogdon a drop? 12-team category league. Uh, for context, Brogdon missed the last game. He's kind of day-to-day. I I still probably wouldn't drop him in a 12-teamer. In you can't I don't do even it. know if I would do it in like a four. I mean, 10-team league, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I still wouldn't drop him. I mean, maybe, but he, I mean, he's ranked 113th right now. He's averaging 1.1 fantasy points per minute. Like, that's like a 10-team guy. Uh, no, don't drop him, but sell high when he comes back and plays well. I, we we yep. always preach sell high on Malcolm Brogdon. I will stick to that. Yeah, now's not the time. Uh, Henry, appreciate the super chat, by the way. Um, that was uh, you know, part of the, the Hardenstein question. Uh, happy to help there. Hopefully we, we gave you some actionable advice. Uh, let's see. We talked about the tanking teams. I traded Jaron Jackson Jr. for Rudy Gobert. Oh. Will I regret this trade later in the season? Very good question. You might. Um, you also might not. <laughs> yes, these are the two options. Uh, look, I don't blame you for that. I I think Nick Nick and I talked about last week how I think he's I think Triple J is going to start playing better offensively when Jaw's back. I I think it's too easy for defenses to focus on on Jaron Jackson right now, which is part of why I think he's struggling offensively. I think that will get better. He's also blocked a fair amount of shots lately too. Um, I don't think, let's put it this way. You might regret it. I don't think you're losing your league because of it. If that makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't think you would be like, you might, you might have won the league and now you're taking like fourth. I don't think it's one of those situations. I I do think you know, part, part of the question is like, all right, let's start it from today. Who, who plays better the rest of the season? I still would put my money on Jaron Jackson. Like I want to see him with John ja Morant and you know, this whole theory that not having Ja for 25 games, like, you know, Jaron Jackson is going to be going crazy. He's like the code number one with Desmond Bain. I think we were reminded that Jaron Jackson is just not a premier offensive player. Like that was clear, like a week into the season, he has been much better of late. I, I will say that as someone who has him on, on a couple pretty important teams, like I, I'm always, you know, he's, he's somebody I'm monitoring as closely as anybody. And, you know, he scored a lot better of late uh, you know, if you over his last 10 games. And this includes a, a four point game uh, against Dallas when they, they just got um, or he had five fouls and like barely played. He's still he's averaging 25 and, and two blocks 
you know, the field goal percentage to me is the biggest killer though in category leagues. Um, you know, he's never been like a great field goal percentage guy by center standards, but he was at 51% last year. He's at 43% this season. Part of that is the three point shooting being down and you can live with that. If he's giving you three blocks a game, if it's only 1.5 to 1.8, that, that feels like it stands out a lot more. Yeah. I think, um, I understand why both people did that trade. So, uh, we'll see. That's yeah. going to be interesting. Well, I mean, Gobert's been a monster, by the way. This has been like yeah, one of my no. very few like early season victory laps. Is that I I got Gobert in a ton of leagues because nobody wanted him. I got him, I think mm-hmm. I got him for like seven dollars or something in the stake league after buying him for like twenty dollars a year ago. That that's looking pretty good. Um, you know, the, he had like a six block game the other night. The blocks have still not been. I don't think he's ever getting back to Utah level in that regard. But just you know, like the scoring's been better, the efficiency's been better, and the rebounds especially have been huge for Gobert. Were you, are, are you surprised by what you've seen from him so far? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm relatively surprised. I don't think I'm rostering him anywhere. So I suppose I was, I was a little bit in the group where I wasn't assuming a huge bounce back. I was certainly willing to draft him at a discount, but it just never happened. Um, but yeah, he looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Jose asks, um, he got Jokic. In a category league. That's good. We always like that. But did he give up too much, Alex? He got him for Anthony Edwards, Jaron Jackson, and Jordan Poole. Oh. Um, look, Poole has been so bad, I almost don't even want to like yeah. register him as part of the trade. Um, Man. Is it fair? I think it is fair. Uh, because if we are assuming... Jaron Jackson plays a little better. Maybe he's more like a 30 or 40th ranked guy. Ant-Man's like a 25 to 30 guy. Jokic is amazing. It's it's really hard for me to address, uh, to like value three for one trades like this, but my gut tells me it's relatively fair for both sides. I, I think when you factor in that you have to overpay for Jokic, it, it becomes more palatable. Like to me, you know, Edwards plus Jaron Jackson, you're like, man, that's a lot. But there's there's a tax on Jokic. You know, it's like you yeah. can't, you almost can't trade for Jokic or you know Embiid or SGA. I think Halbert's almost reaching that point as well. You know, like you have to you have to overwhelm somebody if you want that guy in a trade. So considering that you had to do that, and you know, you're almost never going to get truly fair value for a player like that. You know, it's, it's kind of mirrors the real NBA in some ways, right? When you see these like four yeah. future draft picks and two young players, it's like if you, if you want one of those guys, you got to pay up. So I I don't think you tank your season there, and you know. Jokic just had like the worst week of his, his fantasy career and he's still, you know, obviously a a God. So yeah, I I think it'd be all right there. Um, I think the only thing that would hurt you is if Jaron Jackson goes back to being the guy that he was last year, you know, maybe, maybe you would regret it, but I don't, I don't think it's going to change the direction of your season. Would you bench Giddy or Monk for today in a points league? Monk has a GTD tag. Uh, I would just wait if you can. I mean, we don't sound like we have no games starting until six o'clock, obviously, OKC plays at 8 p.m. Eastern and Monk plays at 10 p.m. Eastern. So I guess you have to, I would just wait until you have a, a status update on Monk. I would rather play him than Giddy at this point. Uh, you know, Monk is kind of, is kind of in that Jordan Clarkson mode now where like the points are reliable. He's giving you some assists. He'll get some steals, some threes and Giddy, man. I, I'm glad we could just talk about him, the basketball player. It just seems like nothing's going to happen at least yeah. for now uh, with, with all the off the court stuff. Uh, what do you think with him? I mean, the minutes have been a little concerning of late. He's still starting every night, but he's under 25 minutes a game over the last 10. You know, he's still like 
producing, relatively speaking, within his minutes. But yeah, I mean, the way Houston guarded him that other that that game uh, where they put Shangun on him and they just dropped off of him and pretended he didn't exist. I think I think other teams are going to start doing that because Oklahoma City is a legitimately good basketball team and mm-hmm. people have to start game planning against them, obviously. Um, you know, I, I, for tonight, I wouldn't necessarily mind playing Giddy because they played the trash Utah jazz and, uh, Monk is ill. So it's possible he, he's not feeling a hundred percent Brooklyn's better than Utah. It's a tougher matchup. So I think tonight I wouldn't mind Giddy, but going forward, I assume you'll probably want to play Monk more. Monk's playing really well right now. Yeah. If it's just for tonight, maybe lean Giddy. Um, if you have to lock it in for the week, I would, I would still probably lean Monk. Uh, dynasty question, 12 team head to head category, dynasty league. Should I trade Aaron Gordon for Draymond Green or Brooke Lopez? Uh, if you're making that trade, you're probably trying to go, go in this season. I mean, Lopez is 35, Draymond's 34, Gordon's 28. I don't know if I really want Draymond right now. Um, Warriors are just not really a good basketball team at this point. And, you know, his fantasy value has dropped off quite a bit the last few years, Lopez has been awesome. You know, if you're, if you're trying yeah. to push for it this year, I think that's that's the guy I would try to get. I I would absolutely trade Aaron Gordon for Brooke Lopez. Honestly, I won't even think I would just do it because okay. Gordon is a borderline twelve team rosterable player flat out. Like, and I don't think he's getting any better throughout his career. He's pretty locked into his role, and we've seen what Lopez's upside is like. I wouldn't worry about the ages here. I would just do it. Okay, fun one from Skeeter. Twelve team nine category league. He asked us to pick a side. Halliburton and Barrett or Maxi and Garland? Uh, Maxi and Garland. Um, yep. Yeah. I don't think Barrett's a must roster player. I, I think the question is, is Halliburton that much better than Maxi that it makes yeah. it more of a debate? Yeah. That, that is the question. But if you're talking about two guys who are like top 40 upside and Maxi has like top 25 upside, if not higher, then I, I would just rather have those two guys. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Garland has become a little underrated. Like there's just been no no Darius Garland talk this year. You know, the Cavs right. were this fun team last season, up and coming, and yeah, you know, they're they're fine. They're kind of doing what they were last year in some ways. Um, but you know, I feel like we barely even talked about Donovan Mitchell, who's been a top ten I, player so far this season. Garland barely inside the top fifty right now in eight cat. I, I I still I would be buying him right now rather than trying to sell. Yeah, I think I think so. I think an important thing to note with these, you know, with the, um, these two for one, well, not two for one trades, but like still it is category leagues and, um, rankings matter to an extent, but really what we're still talking about is like adding up numbers. Like you're with Halliburton, you're trading, you know, you're trading 25 points and 12 assists. And with Garland, you're getting back like 20 points and eight assists. And then with Maxi, you're also getting back like, you know, t- 25 points. And so like, it still is like a numbers game at the end of the day. Um, and so you're, you're getting just a, a ton of extra points and assists with Maxi and Garland. And um, yeah, so I would, I would just lean that. We can do this one quickly. Hold Wiggins points league. I don't know. Probably not. Nah, Probably not. not man. Necessary. Um, I just, I, I actually was a sucker and thought that Wiggins would be a value this year because he was going so late. Me too. I, I, th- I thought, you know, people are reading into the end of last year. He had that weird, we still don't really know what was fully going on off the court, missed all that time, but he's 
he's been a shell of himself. And there was that ESPN story a couple of weeks ago that said, you know, people within the Warriors are frustrated at his lack of conditioning. Like that's, that's kind of a red flag. Like Wiggins, is, that's never been something that you question with him. And yeah, this, this Warriors team, I'm not writing him off. You can't, you can't write off the Warriors, but it's just, yeah, not, not good vibes right now. And, and Wiggins certainly isn't helping. Uh, let's see. Who should I consider picking up? Jaime Hawkins Jr., the real Triple J, or Caleb Martin? Very interesting <laughs> question. I I don't know if there's an answer here because the Heat are just constantly in flux with this rotation. Caleb Martin's been awesome. I already regret not. I, I think I fell a dollar short of getting him in, in stake last week and on waivers. You know, he's he's, he's kind of looking like he was in, in the finals last year. I mean, I, I don't think we're ever going to get back to, to that level, but last six games for him, 18 points, five and a half boards, three assists, uh, one combined steel block, you know, shooting well from three. A am I wrong to still kind of want Hawkins? I don't know. The, the question is like, who has more staying power, right? Because I, I think, I think the fantasy rank and the, the value is going to be pretty comparable. It's just who's playing 28 minutes versus who's playing 20 minutes. I'm with you. I think if they played an even amount of minutes for the rest of the year, that Hawkins would be better. Mm -hmm. uh, Hawkins ranks better from a per minute standpoint. So note that. Mm-hmm. Part of me, yeah, part of me does want Hawkes. I, but Caleb Martin has played well lately. I wish I could. I wish I could waffle waver less, but I think I would lean Hawkes. Okay. I don't love it though. It's it's a close one. It's a close one. Yeah, it's close. Is Trey Jones a pickup now that Sohan is no longer the starting point guard? You know, I mean, so Trey, Sohan started the last game. I don't think I don't think we could say he's no longer the starter. Um, you know, the Spurs are just kind of a weird team right now. And you know, everything could could kind of change on a whim. I I don't know. I I, I have been a, a, of the belief that Trey Jones is the better point guard for this team. I th you know I think the Wembenyama thing is like he would just clearly benefit from playing with a true point guard. And I think doing the Sohan experiment along with trying to develop Wembenyama is just a really tough combination. So let's just put it this way: if you were, if you had to roster one of these two guys for the next month, who would you rather who would you rather have? I think I think I would rather have Sohan, maybe. I don't know, actually. I think I'd take Trey Jones. <laughs> I just I'm not a Sohan guy. I can't do it. I don't know. I mean, just in the framework of this question, I uh, Trey Jones, I think, is a soft ad. I think he is a 16 team roster player and probably has been almost all year, to be honest with you, just from like an upside standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I would consider him like a soft ad in a 14-team league. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, good question from Cordell. I was hoping we would address this today. Uh, he says, I'm 6-1. and one. I've managed to keep Russell Westbrook at the bottom of my roster. Do I drop or hold? How long can the big three remain healthy in LA? That's a big question, right? Because I think if you if you take health out of the equation – I'm pretty comfortable dropping Westbrook. You know, I know he's blocked some shots lately. That's nice. But the assists are way, way down. The minutes obviously are way down. He's played under 20 in three straight. Um, I, I would lean toward drop here. But again, you know, if I, I'm not really worried about Harden getting hurt, like, you know, for as for as much as we accuse him of being out of shape, he actually has not really missed a whole lot of time. He had the hamstring, but that was about it. Um, I, I guess, you know, if Paul George or Kawhi Leonard go down, how much does that directly impact Russell Westbrook? I think it does. Um, I think he would get more minutes, but they could also try to throw more minutes the way of like Terrence Mann and Norman Powell 
Um, and who knows about Bones Highland? Maybe he gets back in. Um, it's funny. At first, I read this question as I'm six foot one, and I'm like, oh, is this like a real <laughs> basketball question? Like, sh- should you should you work on your post game? No, probably. I mean, maybe if you're playing pickup at the Y. Well, um, I will say if you if you want to report, you know, like the Rosillo pod, you want to you want to give your height and weight with each question. That's totally fine. You know, if you want to do an NBA comp, we're good with that. Uh, in a points league, I'm actually okay holding because his points, fantasy points per minute, are still pretty high. And since he started coming off the bench, he's actually still averaging 25 points, mm-hmm. fantasy points per game, which to me is like a you can have that guy on your bench. Maybe in a 12 teamer, 10 teamer, it's borderline. In a category mm-hmm. league. I think he's probably a hold in like, I'm okay holding him in 14 team leagues. Honestly, I am just for that upside, but uh, deeper than that, I think you're probably going to get similar value streaming. Just don't be shocked if someone picks him up and you drop him yeah. a 16 teamer because people love Westbrook. All right. We're, we're at, we're past the one hour mark. So we'll, we'll do a few more of these. We'll try to go quickly and then we'll be out of here. Uh, good question though. This is a fun trade question. Would you do Fox and Brogdon for Trey Young? Fox and Brogdon for Trey. Um, wow. Yeah, because the Brogdon, you know, we always talk about selling high on Brogdon. And yeah, um, this, would, this would be this would be the one. Um he's just playing so well right now. Like he I, I'm okay with this trade. I'm okay, I'm okay getting Trey Young. Um I will say in nine cat, Fox actually ranks ahead of Trey Young. The turnovers flip it. Interesting. So Something to note, you know, it kind of depends how you're doing in that category. Trey is at 3.8 turnovers per game. Fox is at 2.3. Pretty sizable difference. Yeah. I This this ultimately, you know, these trade questions are hard a lot because yeah. it kind of depends on your league settings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Trey Young is 48 fantasy points per game, and I'm checking on Fox right now. 49 fantasy points per game. Yeah. So if you're in a points league, don't do this. Uh, do, you'll keep Fox and Brogdon. If you're in an eight cat or don't care about turnovers, I'm okay with it. But yeah. 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 I think the other, the other big comparison is field or um, free throw percentage. You know, Trey Young, great free throw shooter, gets, gets to the line a ton. De'Aaron Fox, 73%. Um, yep. But in general, I think I prefer if you're, if we're just kind of taking league settings out of it, in general, I like Trey Young over De'Aaron Fox. Uh, all right. Would you trade Heald, Jabari Smith, and Asar Thompson for Anthony Simons, Cole Anthony, and Bruce Brown? This is, well, yeah. Anthony, if this if this is Anthony Simons, you have to do it. Because I think Anthony Simons projects as like a top 50 player. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think we have to consider Asar just kind of a, a fringe asset right now. I actually I actually like Jabari Smith. I don't mind buying him right now. Cole Anthony, we'll see. I mean, the full thing is very concerning. I mean, there's no timetable, tendonitis, who knows? Um, and you know, I think Jalen Suggs dodged a major injury, thankfully. I thought that looked that looked so bad. I thought that was gonna be a season ender, to be honest. Um, so that's something to consider with Anthony. But yeah, I I would just kind of blindly take the Simon side of this as much as I love rostering Buddy Healed. Um, if I'm punting points, Gobert or Jaron Jackson? If you're punting points, you probably want to lean Gobert, right? I guess. I mean, field goal percentage, massive edge to Gobert, rebounding, huge edge to Gobert, shot blocking has been comparable. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. depends if you care about threes, I guess, but it's not like Jaron Jackson's lighting it up there either. Um, all right. Let's see. 
again, we'll try to go quickly here. Uh, so this is a follow-up to the question about, you know, the, the Jokic trade. He says he also has SGA and Paul George. That's why I gave up that much for Jokic. I'm wow. in second place in a 12-team cat league. Do you think I can win it with those three? I, unless the rest of your roster is a disaster. Yeah. I mean, you got two of the top three guys. Yeah, you should you should be able to. Um, you again, your roster is going to be thin now. Obviously, that you mm-hmm. traded some of those guys. Just stay active on the waiver wire. Stream a lot. Get those four game weeks in. Just be really active, and I think you'll be fine. Um, we'll try to sum up this question quickly. OKC has three games this week and next week. After today, uh, this was with regard to you know Giddy versus Monk for for just kind of a one game slot. Should I drop Giddy and use that spot for streaming? Uh, kind of taking OKC's schedule into account 10 team league 10 team yahoo points league i am okay with dropping giddy i'm okay with it um but i at the same time if you were to ask like let's say josh giddy was on your waiver wire and you were like should i pick up josh giddy to stream i'd be like yeah sure um so (laughs) is he fine to drop yes but is he fine to keep also? Yes. I mean, he's, you know, he's like a, a fantasy point per minute. He's playing 25 uh, minutes per game lately. Mm-hmm. That's just a very back-end roster guy. All right. And this is another callback to the, it was Halliburton and Barrett for Maxi and Garland. Uh, he says, how about Halliburton and Kobe White or Vassell or Jalen Williams instead for Maxi and Garland? In a category league, I think I still might rather give up Barrett. I mean, Vassell, I'm not like the biggest fan of. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Are, are you still on the Maxi Garland side regardless? Um, I probably am on the Maxi Garland side, but Halliburton and Kobe White is at least. I, th- I think Halliburton and Kobe White for Maxi and Garland is the fairest offer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dante Exum thoughts. Just an open-ended question. Your opinion <laughs> on Dante Exum. Uh, just wax poetic on Exum. Uh, yeah, I mean, with with Kyrie Irving out, um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, seven assists and back-to-back games. Look, I, I there is a reason he was not in the NBA. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, I think he's an interesting add to see if the assist can stick. And yeah. we know he's a good defender as well. The steal numbers haven't really reflected that, but he is a good defender. Don't expect the scoring to continue. That's not who Dante Exum is. That's why he flamed out of the league is because he couldn't score. Yeah, his previous start, five points on two of nine shooting. Next game, 23 on nine of 15. So uh, without having a timetable for Kyrie, it's a little bit tough to say. Um, you know, heel contusion, we, we haven't really received anything on that yet. Deeper league, yeah, maybe, maybe grab him, but be – be very cautious and be prepared to drop them again. All right, this is a good one to end on. Can you please rate these teams? Pistons, Spurs, <laughs> Wizards, Blazers. Um, right, let's do the, the most disastrous to the least disastrous. Most disastrous to the least disastrous. I think the most disastrous team is the Pistons. It's got to be the Pistons. It's got to be because they have Kid Cunningham and, you know, they have like they have like actual stuff to be worried about. Like, is Kate happy? The Wizards, for example, are like, well, yeah, we suck, but like, who are we trying to keep happy? No, we told you we were going to suck. Yeah, we told you. Yeah, exactly. Everybody knew we were going to suck. So, like, um, uh, yeah, Pistons most disaster, and then I think honestly, the, the rest is kind. Of, I Spurs, 
I don't know. Do you have a do you have a preference between these teams? Uh, I mean, the Spurs at least have Wemby, so they're like that's yeah, great. So fine. maybe they are the least disastrous by default. Yeah, I mean, the Spurs are like the the three Cavs. They're they're, they're right. living life, man. Wemby yeah. looks great. Um, I I, I think they're they're the least disastrous, and like I still like a lot of the pieces in Portland. Honestly, I mean, obviously, Scoot looking terrible so far is a is a glaring minus, but they have maneuverability, right? I mean, not only do you have, do you have picks, uh, you know, as, as part of the Dame trade, you have Brogdon to flip. You have a young guy in Aiton who still has plenty of value. Um, you know, Simons looks awesome. Sharp looks like a hit. You know, they, they've even some of these random like plug and play guys have, have looked okay for them. I I'm, I'm still pro blazers. And this is another team that didn't like what makes the Pistons one, they're terrible and they're the worst team in the league. What makes them the most disastrous is they, they're not trying to be this bad. Like, I, I think they probably knew they weren't, you know, they weren't winning the finals. They weren't making the playoffs, but I think the Pistons coming into the year thought that they could push for like 35 wins and now yep. they're pushing for like 11 wins. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think my final answer in terms of disaster rating Pistons, number one, Wizards, number two, Blazers, number three, Spurs, number four, even though the Blazers look more competent than the Spurs, the Spurs have Wemben Yama and that kind of trumps it. Okay. Um, we, we do have one that just snuck in uh, under the wire here. Uh, Henry says, I'm regretting majorly trading Kobe White for Jordan Poole a few weeks ago. Is Poole now a drop? 10-team league. Can he turn it around? He's in fifth place for what it's worth. Yeah, not not a good trade. Sorry, dude. I mean, you know, the, the Levine situation, you know, I don't think anybody saw him. He's basically shut down. Like, I, I think he might yeah, have played his last yeah. game as a bowl. So you couldn't, you couldn't have necessarily seen that coming. And at the time, you know, buying low on Jordan Poole, whatever, not the end of the world. The question is, is he a drop in a 10-team league? First of all, I will say I this is a very understandable trade. I think a lot of people would have made this trade. Yeah. Um, is he a drop? I would hold him, but I would hate it every day. <laughs> I mean, the scoring has at least come back a little bit, right? Last, last eight games, he's at almost 20 points per game, over 40% from the field. We'll take it, 42%. Three-point shooting, still disastrous. That's really what's holding him back. Um, still not getting to the line a ton, but he's he's been getting there a little bit more lately. I mean, he had... He's had a couple of like nine free throw games over the last couple of weeks. You know, we'll, we'll see if that continues. I don't, I don't think it's going to be any worse for pool. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's not like the wizards have any other options. Right. Um, I, I think his, you know, the, the first three weeks of the year are going to be as bad as it could be. So, you know, it, it always depends who's out there. And before you drop somebody like pool, always try to trade him. Just try like get, get somebody back. Like yeah. I wouldn't just straight up, especially in a 10 team league. There's somebody will probably take him. Yeah, maybe you can sort of yeah flip him, but yeah. pool pool needs like he needs some sort of uh, exorcism is not the right word. He needs to like go <laughs> do like an ayahuasca trip or something and like yes. come back a new man. I actually um, think exorcism might be the right word. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. okay. Try to um, trade him first. I would keep him, but yeah. Last note here: I just got an alert that the Los Angeles Ra- Lakers will raise an in-season tournament championship banner oh, inside man. the crypto arena this season. So. Um, get ready for that, but that's a good note to end on. Uh, appreciate all the questions, guys. You guys make this a really fun pod to do. We look forward to this every Monday. Uh, great questions as always. And frankly, the questions get better and better as the year goes along. So, uh, please like subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell your friends. We're trying to grow that thing as much as we can check out the, the archived audio version as well on Spotify or Apple podcasts, wherever you get your pods, give us a follow on Twitter as well. You see them on the screen here. Uh, but thank you again. And we'll talk more about the in-season tournament, some changes uh, that we want to see in the future. We'll hit that on Wednesday when I'm back with, with Brandon Kravitz. We'll be doing a little bit of a head-to-head, who would you rather roster the rest of the season as well? So you can tune into that. 
uh, 10.30 a.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Alex, you'll be back with Ken and Shannon for the weekly waiver episode on Friday. Good chat with you as always, and uh, talk soon.